to another episode of Built Like This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine. We're on episode 286. Hello, 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 hello. We have so much to discuss in this episode. So get, get on the bike. Get on the bike and ride this ride with me. Let's start off with Angela Rye. Yes, Angela Rye. Those may, there may be some of you who may not be familiar with who she is, Um, but for those who know, no, but let me just do a brief description of who she is. She is, she's an attorney, right? Yeah, she's an attorney. She is a black woman and she is of that crowd with Charlemagne the God. And I say that because I say her fame her notoriety is because of Charlemagne the God from The Breakfast Club. Um, he really helped created her her platform or just her spotlight. He allowed, or he just had because of his celebrity, she latched on. He allowed her latched on, and this was also during a time when Charlemagne was getting a lot of flack for his alleged past with a minor let's just leave it at that you could do your googles for that and he was trying his best to change his image right um and remember Charlemagne the god when he was on the breakfast club earlier on he was very controversial now he is such a diluted version of himself And look, we're allowed to evolve. We're allowed to grow, change our minds. I don't want to take that away from anyone, but he's not as entertaining as he once was. He's not because he's always speaking in a PC sort of way. As of late, though, I've noticed he has been very vocal in his disappointment against uh, or about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So that was pretty uh, refreshing to see because for so long prior to this moment, he was such a proponent of them and this staunch Democrat and just the easy um, commentary that a lot of Dems would have against Trump because Trump makes himself has an easy target for them, right? So that's understandable, but lately, He has been saying a whole new tune. So that is who Angela Rye is. She has, she had a podcast with Charlemagne. It was called Sibling Rivalry. That lasted for like four episodes, y'all. It lasted like so shortly. And um, that fell by the wayside. She actually had her own podcast just solo and I think she had guests on every episode, you know, every so often. And that fell by the wayside. I remember she dated Common for a while. But, you know, Common, <laughs> Common is for everybody. I don't know what to, I don't know who will, who will be the one to uh, let him, like, tie the knot. Or have him, make him tie the knot with. But Common is for everybody. He's been with Tiffany Haddish, um, Angela Rye, 
Erica Badu. I mean, the list goes on and on. Serena, Serena Williams. He's currently with Jennifer Hudson. So comment it's like you can't take him seriously. It's like, you know how there's those guys who just like they're always in a relationship and it's like but it's it's always a two year mark with someone and then well, that two years done, someone else, someone else, someone else. It's like how Leonardo DiCaprio, how he's always in a relationship with a young woman and they always reach the two year mark and then boom, he's next to the next he's on to the next a uh, 21-year-old, fresh 21-year-old, while he's a good 52. I, he, I think he's around that age. I'm not even going to check right now, but I, I know he's around that age. Anyway, so, yeah, Angela Rye dated Carmen for a moment. Now they're no longer together. I don't know if she's dating anyone new. But, okay, yeah, so that's Angela Rye, right? She was actually on CNN, for some time, she had a job there. She was a commentator, and she brings, you know, CNN is a left-wing platform. So, of course, her um, position is pro-Dems, democratic, <laughs> pro-that perspective, rhetoric, and political agenda. And she will go toe-to-toe against any Republican who will come on the show that they have position against her. And she's good with her words. She's a beautiful woman. She is, yeah, she's savvy with it. So, you know, she's good to look at. And she's intelligent, so it's like, okay, cool. Um, But I'm going to pick this bone with her. I'm going to pick this bone with her. This bone that I'm picking with her right now is... As of late, she uh, decided to put on this victim as convenient hat of hers. She decided to be one of the women out here in the industry, whatever industry that is, and that, that could be entertainment, politics, any industry when you see women conveniently sharing information of their past that involves a man being borderline inappropriate, but it's not entirely, like, it's not rape. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like she, I'm not, I'm not trying to laugh, I'm not. But my point is, you know how this, the sexual assault, sexual harassment umbrella, or the spectrum. And so it could look like, you know, everyone's experience, whoever falls under that umbrella, may look totally different than the, than the next person. But what I don't find to be a service to the movement is that when you have a woman, for example, you know, just any woman who may have been brutally raped, right, who may have been uh, traumatized, sexually violated, all of that, and she's trying to get her just due, her justice for it, and move on and heal and share her story and be the voice for those who also have been victimized. And, you know, that is what I support, right? I do support that. But then when you have a woman who is crying about 
a text message sent to her by her, uh, I guess he was her supervisor. He was some, he was of a higher level than her at her job at CNN. And I'll give you guys the details in a moment. I'm just breaking it down. She gets a text from him. The text was short. It probably wasn't as appropriate as it could have been. He probably shouldn't have said what he said, but it doesn't warrant her response of crying and feeling like a victim. And how convenient is it that she shares this story on the first episode of her new podcast alongside host Tiffany Cross and Andrew Gillum. And why is Andrew Gillum still even on anyone's screen with his weirdo ass? And I have some background information on him in case in case anyone forgot. I remember him from years ago from the scandal that he had and the sham of a marriage that he's in with a woman who he's married to yet he's had gay affairs after affair after affair. Okay. 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 So Angela, I, Angela Rye is on a new podcast alongside Andrew Gillum and Tiffany Cross. Andrew Rye, what? Angela Rye, um, on their first episode decided to share this little tidbit information of her experience on CNN and what she believed resulted to her no longer having a position there. And she was emotional, okay? I'm gonna just read just the main points here. Chris Cuomo, y'all know I love this man. I, I, <laughs> shit. Am I a pick me? Y'all know I love this man, um, but look, I'm calling a spade a spade, and I feel like y- there are people out here who purposely say things to to manipulate the masses, to use the privilege of being a woman, of being a woman of, uh, of black skin, of African descent, you know what I mean? to perpetuate this victimhood to garner support, to garner financial gain, right? All of this goes hand in hand with each other. So please stop being victim of these games, consumers, fellow consumers. Anyway, so Chris Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, accused of sending explicit texts to former CNN colleague. Now, the fact that it said text, as in plural, is what bothers me about this. And it bothers me because according to what Angela Rye said, all he said was one line that was, yes, probably not okay to send, but let me give you guys further bre- breakdown. So Angela Rye posts an image on her Instagram, as we all do. In this image, you see her standing, um, standing up. She's wearing a, like a, you know how Renaissance, Beyonce's tour, 
she basically ordered us all to wear silver in our clothing or silver clothes just all in all as best as we can and um what Angela Rye is wearing right now looks like an outfit that you could wear at Renaissance um if you wore a bikini inside but you probably wouldn't want to do that nonetheless Angela Rye is wearing this sequence um tinsel bikini in this photo she's standing tall and the angle of the camera is positioned under her vagina like literally it's under her like we're up her up her not up her skirt but up her bikini okay and she's standing tall she looks like a giant in the photo as we see in the background she's somewhere out of out of the country she is um holding her waist with her hands and looking afar her uh her caption reads something about it just says happy new year right so then she, again this is posted on her public instagram at this time this is 2021 new year's day she is still an employee of CNN, okay? I'm saying all this to really paint the picture here. She's an employee of CNN, and she posts a bikini picture of herself standing tall as we're seeing the angle of her vagina, okay? This is a public platform. I'm, I wanna emphasize that because I think for so long, because of the blurry lines of social media, you know, what we share online and what we do for a living, it's been so blurry that we do forget when things are posted online, they're posted for everyone to see. You know, even though there are platforms where there's a paywall, you know, um, such as Patreon or even some YouTube um, features, right? If you have certain amount of subscribers, you have a, a platform where you could only have videos and content posted for those who pay for your membership. So I'm saying all that to say, we all are operating in this dual reality. We're in this this 3D world, right? We're here touching each other in physical form and we're also an avatar online. I mean, maybe we're avatars in real life too if you want to put it like that, but we're we're an avatar. You know, a lot of us have podcasts, YouTube shows, um reels, TikTok personalities. That is just the way of the world right now. And it's not far-fetched to have a coworker approach you about something you said online. Okay? So, Chris Cromo <laughs> decided to text Angela Rye, because at this time, again, they're employees, they work together, 
So they do have some sort of relationship um, that's initially professional, but maybe they do have some level of camaraderie because he probably felt comfortable to have said what he said. He texts her and he says, Happy New Year, Tinsel Crotch. Let me say it again. He texts her and says, Happy New Year, Tinsel Crotch. <laughs> now look, is this probably awkward? <laughs> sure. But you see how I'm laughing right now? That is probably how she should have reacted. But again, sure, we can't tell people how to react. And yet I get that. But I also feel like, girl, not everything has to be a situation where you are victimized and you deserve compensation for it. Like, at what point do we rise up as women for real, for real? You know, we talk about the feminist movement. We talk about, you know, you know, black women being strong. Yet when it's time to really put that into effect, we crumble and we're th these damsel in distress and we don't know how to handle when an employee, well, not well, she's obviously an employee there too, but we don't know how to handle when a coworker tells us happy new year, Tinsel crotch <laughs> on a picture that you posted on your public Instagram of yourself Standing tall, wearing this skintily clad bikini with an angle of us seeing up your punani as you are wearing this tinsel bikini bottom. Like, it's not like he made that up. No, he's literally just describing what you have on. <laughs> what are we talking about? So as she's telling this story, again, this, this took place in 2021. Okay, as she's telling the story, she is breaking down, you guys, like literally crying. She's reading verbatim. Um, I guess she wrote it. She wrote this speech down. She wasn't just like telling it in a offhand type of way. I think she prepared this and it was deliberate because this is their first episode on their new podcast and they want to start off on a bang. So this was strategic, of course. This was something that they wanted to make sure get um, enough attention to garner high views and ratings and support. But I'm just sick of Chris Cuomo getting the, the shit end of the stick here. <laughs> I really am. I don't feel like he is deserving of this backlash for a comment that could have been handled in-house. She could have just said to him directly, hey man, <laughs> don't, do, don't text me that. And though he's probably thinking, what's the big deal? You posted this picture of yourself online, quote unquote, you asked for it, right? I know that whole saying is so problematic, but let's just call a spade a spade, dog. Cut it out, cut it out. Stop it. Sometimes, sometimes things are, are, um, experienced because of the energy that we give out. Okay. 
So if you don't want to hear the whole, you asked for it, let's say it the other way. Sometimes, sometimes things are experienced because of the energy that we give out. So, um, afterwards, so when he texted her, happy new year, tinsel crotch, verbatim, she doesn't respond. She literally doesn't respond. No, like happy new year back, <laughs> nothing. So it's, it's dead season. It's deserted. It's Arizona. Nothing's happening in the, in the texting exchange between them. He is probably picking up on, oh man, I probably made her feel awkward. Oh my God. It's like, so he's trying to smooth it over. So he is saying, oh, can you give me a call? I want to like talk to you about an opportunity at CNN, like something else that she could work on as she is already working there, I guess. He has a position. I already know that he was her superior because of who he is and um, just the length of time that he's already worked at CNN, his history in the business. So he's a, he's a gatekeeper in some sense. So I feel like, um, yeah, so anyway, so he responded. He kept on talk, He kept on texting her. Um, trying to smooth it over, trying to kind of, you just move on. But she, again, is still not responding to him. She's ghosting him, like completely being uh, like immature. I feel like it's immature to do that. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to like feel uncomfortable about something, I feel like at the very least as an adult, she's in her fucking forties. Like, can we cut this shit? Can we talk about when I was put in a weird position at my workplace years ago and how I handle it? I handle it in-house. I handle it with the person head on. And it was handled and we moved on. You know, like it wasn't something that required any level of, um, of me crying online and X, Y, and Z. Now, granted, at the time, he was a legit coworker. Like we were equals. Um, so maybe I don't know. Maybe it would have been different if he wasn't my equal. I, I don't know. I really don't feel like it's that. I don't think it's that deep because something like a text message sent to me about a post that I posted. At the very least, it could have just been handled in the moment, rather than. Three years later is freaking 2024. This happened when? 2021. You mean to tell me you held on to this for this very moment here on your first episode of your new podcast? And that's what I'm talking about. We have these moments of disingenuousness. Like you have these people who want to cry victim who want to say, I've been, you know, marginalized. Use all these big ass words when you could have just avoided this. <laughs> I'm dead ass. You could have avoided this. You crying for what? You know, and that's what I'm, and she also says in her little speech, she talks about how she felt like, oh my gosh, did I ask for it? I did post this picture on Instagram uh, yeah, bitch, you did. <laughs> you posted it on Instagram. You did ask for it. You did. You did. Okay. And not only, oh, I forgot to add this tidbit. 
when he texted her, Happy New Year, Tinsel Crotch, he sent her a screenshot of <laughs> her photo <laughs> just to kind of make the connection. Like, hey, I'm not calling you Tinsel Crotch um, on random. You know, I'm actually referring to the picture that you just posted on Instagram in which I follow your account. So I know about this photo. You know, I don't know. I feel like he was trying to be funny. And I think in the moment, if you're not interested, right? If something, look, I don't know. I don't know what happened between them where he felt comfortable enough to say that. I don't know if he there was a level of flirtatious energy between them. I know he's a married man, but I mean, at this point, what does that mean? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think sometimes when people flirt, it is harmless. You know, a lot of people flirt with each other at the workplace because why not? We are, we're working in the same vicinity for eight hours or however long. You're attractive, I'm attractive. Let's just like, you know, that's a lot of people's mindset, okay? So I'm wondering what led to him feeling comfortable enough to have said this to her. There must have been some type of camaraderie between them already, already set in place. That's what my assumption is. So I think at the very least, her response First, she could have responded to him instead of just leaving him on red for the next few months. Like, first of all, you guys are working together. Like, you might as well, like, break the ice and move on. Like, are you, are you really, like, come on. So her not responding, um, her then holding on to this powerful information to take down Chris Cuomo, who actually has just been reintroduced to us. <laughs> He's just came back on our screens. A lot of people finally forgot about the uh, allegations against him of sexual harassment. Mind you, it wasn't anything um, heinous, right? It wasn't like all the way type of harassment where it leads to a violation of your body, right? It was these claims, I really don't think it held merit. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying, I feel like I come on here and, I, and I, I'm always shitting on women who <laughs> talk about being harassed. But those women deserve to be shitted on because it's like, girl, what are you talking about? It's, it's, seriously, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't buy it. But anyway, um, she is crying wolf. And also, a big reason why she's crying wolf is she feels like her no longer working at CNN could be the result of Chris Cuomo. Now, that's a large allegation to be made. And I think that's a little unfair. I really do. Um, I think things could have just been handled in-house and we could have moved on. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you, you mean to tell me you're the only woman working at any workplace and your male coworker said something to you that probably was a little, okay, man, you probably shouldn't have said that. And it always leads to you no longer working there, you being fired. No, like it's not, what I'm, my point, what I'm saying is a lot of people work with people who flirt with them, who have an interest in them. And 
the other party may not be interested, but they still work there and they're still able to coexist and work in a non-hostile environment. Like these things are real environments, real experiences that people have, meaning that it's not that deep, you know? Unless it was something where, of course, there was a violation, a physical violation. Y'all know what I mean when I'm saying I'm trying to be mindful that I'm on YouTube also. So, anyway, it's just not that fucking, like, cut it out. Tinsel crotch. <sighs> Let's move on. So, Andrew Gillum. Who is Andrew Gillum? He's a fraud. That's who he is, Okay. Um, I remember learning about him years ago and how he was busted in a hotel room with a gay escort who, uh, was using meth. He claims he was in the room trying to help out a friend, but when he was found in the room, Andrew was actually throwing up over the toilet and he's claiming that, oh no, I was just, um, I didn't indulge in any, I didn't take any meth. I didn't do any of that. I was just helping him. It, did, it didn't add up. You was in there cause you was fucking the dog shit out of this gay escort. You took some meth. You was completely incoherent according to what the policeman said. And you're bisexual. Like what are we talking about? Afterwards, he did an interview alongside his black wife and she's on the screen with her dumb ass talking about she's aware of Andrew's bisexuality. She is in support of his identity and this is their marriage, basically. Completely co-signing and supporting his illicit behavior, his illicit situations. And it's the most ridiculous demonstration of a sham marriage in my entire life. Like I, I could not believe my eyes. So I say all that to say, Angela Rye being on this podcast with this man is just a testament to just the lack of judgment that she has. It's the lack of judgment. It's the poor judgment that she has. I don't really have anything bad to say about Tiffany Cross. I don't have anything um, bad to say about her at all. There's no issues that I've heard of with her. Um, just that she's a Democrat, so there's that. <laughs> but... You know, again, you know, these people, they really think they're about, like, truth and justice. And yet it's like, but you're a fraud, though. Again, Andrew Gillum, he was indicted on wire fraud charges. He, this this took place not too long ago. That was just 2022. You know, so he has a history of these scandals. He has a history of being a fraud. He has a history of just being someone who is unstable, and you mean to tell me you're on a podcast with Angela Rye who's trying to convince us that she was a victim because Chris Cromo sent her a text of her own post 
on Instagram as she's wearing this renaissance as bikini with the angle of us seeing her crotch and he texts her happy new year tinsel crotch get the fuck out of here let's move on let's move on chow okay so i've been on twitter just getting my life or x let me start saying x right that's the name but i've been on x getting my life about this um this woman who decided to film herself getting laid off from her job and this was done virtually so she worked a job that allowed for her to work from home i don't know if she was completely virtual or she came um to work you know every few days but nonetheless She's on Zoom, at least, and she's getting um, the unfortunate news that she's going to be let go. In this video, <laughs> child, you see how she is prepping us, because um, you see the text on the screen. She's aware that she's about to get fired or laid off. And she's aware of this because so many of her peers have gotten laid off and, you know, how, you know, typically when you work at any place, you gain a, a friendship or just a close work relationship with some of your coworkers. So some of her coworkers got fired and they gave her a heads up. Hey, you know, this may happen to you. Just, you know, just be mindful. This may be a call that's coming up. So she gets this call, we see her, we just see her angle. We don't see the people whom she's talking to, but we know it's two different people. And apparently these two people are people from the company who have no direct relationship with her. She's never met them, she's never heard of them, but you know, with any business, there's always the people like behind the wall, behind the curtain, right? Who's also running the show or who's primarily running the show. So she's speaking to the, to these uh to these people. One is a man, one is a woman, and it's quick, right? Um well, it's quick with how they tell her that they're letting her go. It's literally within the first two lines. They say that um, they they don't honestly don't they don't even really give direct reasons. They just say we we have to let you go, right? So they say that to her. She's clearly upset, which is understandable. It's totally understandable. But here's the thing: she gave excuse. After excuse, after excuse, after excuse in the video. And it was kind of cringe to watch. She paints it as she was standing up for herself. And she was trying to give some type of um, clarification on her performance. Because she works as a, she works at a sales firm as a, account executive 
Now, that title seems very, like, fancy, but I'm not in that field. So, in my perspective, I thought it was so fancy. Ooh, you're, you know, an executive? Ooh. But apparently, it's just another term for a salesperson. And she's working at this firm that seems to be a startup in which, apparently, with a lot of startups or just smaller-sized companies, um, they hire a lot of people at first just to eventually fire them in the next few months. And I have a friend who has been working at startups, um, who has experience working at startups and she's gone through this before. So again, I'm not well versed in this, but I, I've, I've learned a little bit about it through, through her and through just online. So she gets fired. She is, of course, emotional, upset. And I do wonder, do they not give her and any of the other people they fired in, like, some type of package, some type of compensation package, a severance package, any of that? Because the way that she was so emotional, it made it seem like, you know, we're firing you and we're taking away your last check. Like, <laughs> my goodness, you know? Anyway, so she gets fired. She's trying to explain to them that she's only been there for four months. And she basically didn't have enough time to really show them her her work ethic. And that the time when she was hired or the time when she's been on board with the company, it was during the holidays and it was difficult to get a sale from the time period that she was working there because of the holidays and the last deal that she thought was going to be a successful one, the person pulled out last minute and basically that's not her fault. And it was just excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. Oh my goodness. And I felt so bad for her. At first, I was convinced that, oh, she's being victimized, right? You know how sometimes we just get so caught up in just the whole, this whole victim gate. Everyone's a fucking, everyone's a fucking victim, right? No. But I was like initially trying to feel her feeling of feeling victimized by this company and being let out, um, being fired and this is not fair. You know, I was like, you know, I support her, you know, yada, yada, yada. But after listening to the, I watched the whole thing and it was like a good, like probably six minutes. And by the end of the video, I understood why her reaction probably wasn't the best reaction. And I say that because her perspective is she's standing up for herself, right? She's standing up for herself against these bullies, these people who who think they have the power over you to let go of your job. And it's not even about they think. They do in this circumstance, right? In this moment, they do. You know, we we are living in a matrix where there are these rules and regulations, these these patriarchs, these matriarchs, these work systems, like a lot of things are made up, essentially, but we all follow suit because no one is really, not a lot of people at least, are aware of the matrix that we're in, so we think that we have to follow by the rules, and so we get so conditioned to the rules 
that we forget about um, just who we are and we get so caught up in the fear of, of falling out of line. Um, so I say all that to say, she probably felt like, okay, I am standing up for myself. I'm doing what needs to be done. I'm standing up against these bullies. Yeah, whatever. So her perspective is she's standing up for herself. And as she's standing up for herself, quote unquote, she is constantly cutting them off as they're trying to, um, kind of complete this 15 minute call. And she keeps on cutting them off, asking them for details. Why am I being fired? Why is this happening to me? Wait, who are you? Isn't it weird how I'm getting this call from you and not from my direct supervisor? And she's making all these points where it's falling on deaf ears. HR don't give a fuck about you. And I'm sorry. I realized this years ago. And I think it's a hard reality to, a harsh reality to accept for a lot of, um, for a lot of people. But some, for some people in a particular generation, the generation that's younger than me, they really feel entitled for an explanation. <laughs> and look, I was once, so I, I, I have sympathy for her because I was once there. I understand the need for authenticity at the workplace or the need for, you know, fairness <laughs> at the work. Like, what the fuck? Fairness? What is that? It's not real. Like, it's not It's not happening, you know? Not all the time, at least. And if you do have a case where it's not happening because of your identity, then sure, you do have a, you know, you could pursue that and you could file a lawsuit and that's bad for them. Um, that's why a lot of things happen so, um, very underneath, you know, underneath it all covertly. Um, and you have to read between the microaggressions. But I see all this to say, it, it was pointless to want an explanation. It was pointless of her to complain, not complain, um, no, try to explain why she hasn't made a sale in four months. And let's say she did make a sale. I think even so, because with a lot of these startups, they're, they're not looking at like, oh, she makes a sale. I don't know. I feel like it's not, that's not always going to be your security, you know? So maybe, so maybe she made a lot of sales then she probably wouldn't have gotten fired. I don't know. I don't know what really leads to someone feeling secure and having the job protected, but apparently this is just a part of the culture when it comes to tech also. I've heard about that with tech. You know, for a while, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm moving into tech, I'm working in tech, oh, I work in tech now, and I make six figures. And maybe they did at that point. Maybe that was really inexperience. And it was a six-figure salary, and they got that. But from what I've heard about tech positions, Shit, give it six months and you're laid off again. You know, you're laid off. You're So I say all that to say there's not security in that. Remember I wanted to be in tech also? Like, 
I, I'm like, oh, I like technology. I like, I'm not trying to shit on tech. I think it's still pretty cool in some assets at least, but, um, in some aspects at least, but, um, overall you got to think about what can I work that can secure my position that can secure my finances so that I can support myself as best as I can in this matrix. So, you know, we don't hear enough about those conversations. We don't hear enough about the fact that, sure, you may be working a six-figure job, but make sure you save a good 30% of your check because in six months, this job may not be yours. And it's the culture of that job. It's just these layoffs happen because I guess their budget somehow dwindles or they're not picked up instantly or in a time frame. So they do have to let people off. That's just, it is, is what it is. But again, we see all these like highlights of working at these positions at, at these um, uh, fields, these work fields. And we think, oh, I could work there too. And I might have this great life. And I remember watching so many videos, so many TikToks and IG reels and YouTubes of people working in tech. And there's like day in the life of working in tech, whatever whatever position they were in, right? So they'll say day in the life as a program manager, day in the life as a tech specialist, whatever it is. And you see them eating at the buffet at their job. You see them walking to another buffet at their job. You see them drinking and ordering a new cafe macchiato. You see them walking outside with their dog. It's like, what are you doing for work? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? You know, um... There's no security. And then, okay, three months later, that job is no longer yours. You don't have it anymore. Uh, it's just so sucky, but we don't see the updates to those girls. I don't see what happened next. Like, oh, you you work every day. You just go to the omelet bar. Okay, but three months later, where are you now? I want to see a where are you now for those particular people because I used to follow their content online. Like, oh my gosh, this is so aesthetically pleasing. And I haven't heard them since. Like, I don't know their at name. (laughs) Like, (laughs) shit changed. (laughs) But shout out to job security. But it's just like very, it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And I hate that that's the culture. You know, a lot of people are experiencing that. And it's really unfortunate. Uh, but again, with this woman, her reaction was just a waste of energy. Like she could have just said, you know what? Thank you for the time. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I am looking forward to receiving my severance package. Goodbye. End call. (laughs) Like that's it. Like what are you talking about? Like she was defending herself to the point where, ma'am, they're not gonna say, hey, you know what? Never mind. You could go ahead and keep your job. I'm sorry about this call. Don't worry about it. Like, what? It's done. It's done. They've already made a decision. And with HR, you know, I forget that it was a major in college or that it is a major in college. You have people working in HR who know how to work HR. It's not like someone like me who was like, oh, well. She did say I look nice today. Let me just give her extra pay in her salary. <laughs> extra bump in her salary. <laughs> like, you know, like, 
I, and I say that because, you know, these HR folks, they know how to be cold. They know how to tell you, tell it to you straight. They know how to say, no, this is what it is. And this is what it is. That's it. <laughs> You know, um, and that's because of schooling, because of what they're conditioned to do. You know, they're supposed to operate like this. That is how they're conditioned. So her wasting her breath talking about, I I was going to have a sale. You, you didn't give me enough time. I know I, I've been working for four months. I didn't make a sale, but I was working here during the holiday season, during November, Thanksgiving. And we had so many days off and I couldn't, it was just like all these things. I'm like, ma'am, you're looking, you're looking bad. You're looking bad. And she's also crying. And like, when I tell you, these people, of course, they have to be politically correct, right? So as HR, though they're quote unquote cold, they also, they know how to turn on this warm thermometer, right? So they're like, I understand how difficult how difficult this may be and I'm sorry that you're experiencing this. Period. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's not like, "Oh, I'm sorry you're experiencing this. Look, you know what? I really like you, Stacy. I'm going to go back. I'm going to circle back with our team and see what we could do about your position." <laughs> no, they're not doing that. It's done. Stacy is done. I'm gonna go ahead and end it here, you guys. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> a little short episode. I I kind of enjoy these like short episodes, kind of get to the point. There'll be moments when it'll be longer, but um, we're gonna end it here for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will check in with you all next time. Peace.